0: On Episode 5 of the San Diego Podcast, Eric Howarth, co-owner of Vinyl Junkie's Record Shack in South Park, dispels the myth that all record store clerks are snobs or worse, explains how he snuck into the Foo Fighters' first ever show, and reveals which 90s rock group is his biggest musical guilty pleasure. All that and more is up next. Hello and welcome to the San Diego Podcast. I am your host, Dustin Lutzbike, and joining me in our cozy podcast studio today is co-owner of South Park's vinyl junkies record shack. Eric Howard, how are you, my friend? I'm good. A little background on you. For people that may not know you, I think everybody pretty much knows you, but in case they don't, uh vinyl junkies may be your maybe latest and greatest endeavor. Um, but you've also done a million other, uh, musical things in your lifetime. Um, for one, uh, you handle B camera for San Diego TV every now and then. <laughs> I do
1: occasionally. Yeah. Which is very cool. It's, it's a fun, fun little gig.
0: Yeah. And, um, it's not too shabby.
1: No, it's, right. it's, it's just a good excuse to get up close. <laughs> yeah. Um, you exactly. know, for a show. Yeah. You for gotta, a concert. You I want to be
0: in the front row. Um, but you also founded M theory records. Uh, in Mission Hills, and I think you you found it and ran that for a while, and then you ended up selling it uh, a few years later,
1: yeah? I had M-Theory from 2001 to, I think, about 2009, and then sold it and then opened up, uh, well... Before I open up Vinyl Junkies, I, I started the record swap that's down at the Casbah. We actually just changed the name, and we're going to reduce the number of times that we do it per year to mm-hmm. three times a year, just make it more of an event, but it, it's now called the Vinyl Junkies Pop-Up. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just started, started doing that swap, hit up Tim Mays at Casbah, um, and wanted to see if he wanted to, to create this like just fun environment to be around records, and I yeah. and, uh, have DJs and stuff like that and um and but quite frankly the reason that i approached him about it was that was the way that i was paying my bills i was like going up mm-hmm. to la basically had like a mobile record shop oh okay um and so did that for a number of years and then tim and i ended up Uh, Tim wanted to get involved and we ended up opening up uh, the Vinyl Junkies record shack
0: whenever I think of you know record stores and people that were really into records going back before they were like popular or anything you know you know I always think of like High Fidelity about how there's like guys that just uh, they like live and breathe records and like that whole there's a whole scene where they talk about how they store their you
1: know how they organize their records and stuff are are you really
0: are you really into like the organization of your records and everything
1: no I'm really the worst person to talk to as far as like if you want to <laughs> if you want to find like the geekiest person and nerdiest person with the records i'm i maybe was that way at one point okay. years ago um but not these days mm. um but uh there's a certain romanticism that goes along with that with that film you know yeah. high fidelity of like just kind of the curmudgeon yeah. record store guys and right. and you know who are just being jerks to the people that come in um, but what's funny is I, I used to be a, uh, founding member of this coalition of record stores r- around the country. Mm-hmm. So I would get together with, uh, other owners of, of stores like, uh, criminal records in Atlanta and shake it in Cincinnati and stuff. And the other record store owners would always be so like kind of pissed off about that film <laughs> because it paints <laughs> record store owners and employees as,
2: right. you know,
1: <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and, and I these other owners had had their stores way longer than I had and uh so they always felt like they were fighting against that yeah. stereotype right. you know and trying right. to be be uh more customer service oriented yeah. and you know make the experience a lot better so it's well, kind c- of you know funny how everybody really loves that movie but but a lot of record store owners just You know why people
0: love it. that movie is because it's true. <laughs> I <laughs> I have tried my whole life to get a job at a record store. Right, I love. I've always wanted to work in a record store. I've applied at countless record stores.
1: You're too nice, probably.
0: And I'm too nice, and I and I have i never gotten a call back because maybe I'm not cool enough to be a, a record store clerk. But I have a couple questions for you now that you're
1: here. Okay. Uh, yeah. uh, one, are you going to ask for a job? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's after the pod. We'll talk about that.
0: But no. Uh, one. Why does it seem, and this is kind of along the lines of high fidelity, is why does it seem like there are so many record store clerks that have like an attitude, that have this kind of chip on their shoulder about, you know, what you're listening to, what you're buying, maybe what, I mean, it's not to say every record store person, you know, that works at a record store is, is Vinyl Junkies jerk.
1: is not like that. Okay,
0: okay. Vinyl Junkies is not like that. I, I, I'm going to admit that, you know, I've been to, you know, almost, almost all of the record stores in San Diego and usually very cool. But I'm going to say, I went in Off the Record one time when it was over on uh, University Avenue, like, you know, the last location yeah. it was at. Oh, man. It was, like, the worst experience well, that, of my life in that uh, with a record
1: store. <laughs> Off the Record was in that high-fidelity... <laughs> you know, zone, you know, (laughs) I mean, and and, and there's, there's something like cool about that. And something that's like super obnoxious, you know, sometimes it's, you know, it's fun to walk into a store and it's like, wow, that every, everybody in here and everything in here is propping themselves up to be too cool. Right, You know, (laughs) you're like, I, okay, I, you know, I can, I can appreciate that, but I, I I don't know why people have that attitude, you know, I mean, everybody wants to Try to be cool. So, I, you know, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> our, our whole thing at Vinyl Junkies is just to like, if somebody walks in and they want um, whatever pop star of the moment or whatever,
0: they want a I, Taylor Swift record. What are you yeah, going to
1: do? We, we, if we have it, we'll sell it to them. If we don't have it, we'll order it for them. <laughs> but maybe that's an opportunity to, I mean, they've walked in the store, mm-hmm. they're there. Maybe that's an opportunity to say, hey, have you checked out? you know, this artist right, before right. and transition them maybe into a, a band or an artist that all of a sudden like really changes their whole viewpoint on things. Right, They're like, Oh, right. wait a minute. You know, I can listen to something that's not, that you know, like uh Julian Baker or something, right. you know, like, yeah. oh well, I really like her voice. Maybe I'd start Yeah, if you know, you're into
0: that kind of music or you're into her voice or whatever, here's another artist that sounds great that maybe you
1: haven't heard of or whatever, yeah, you know. And it, it kind of expands somebody's uh musical taste a little there, bit. There
0: there's there's good ways to do that and then there's bad ways to do that. And I have experienced both in record right, stores. Right. Uh, my other question would be why do I hear the most bizarre music in record stores? It's not ne- I'm never listening to like, you know, Arcade <laughs> Fire or something like that. It's always like
1: you know like like some experimental noise yeah like it's like like, noise
0: rock or something crazy going on that i've never heard i don't have no idea what it is and sometimes it's like really abrasive i've been in record stores where i have to leave because it's so loud and abrasive like i'm just like what is going on like that that cannot be like uh something that a record store does like just to drive people out like this
1: (laughs) <laughs> so you know why they play that? Why do they do that? It's because right here, we sit here today. I don't know how long ago that was that you had that experience, but mm-hmm. we're talking about that moment. Mm-hmm. A decade later, Wow! the direction from above at Vinyl Junkies is like, play stuff people haven't heard, yeah. but it doesn't have to be the crazy experimental whatever thing. Save that for, you know when you, for, you go home special
2: moments you wanna, yeah. yeah
0: I mean <laughs> <laughs> I mean if you have like you have a lot of in stores and stuff like that at Final Junkies and you know at M Theory when you're you know I would imagine if you're if you have an experimental band doing an in store or whatever yeah play experimental music all day yeah, long or whatever right. you know but I think you kind of have to pick your moments, you know, like with stuff like that, because you know, people like me we're very sensitive when it comes to like abrasive music, right, yeah. right. <laughs> and it really throws us off of our like record collecting. If there games. was
1: only some sort of like energy meter or something, as you like walk into a store that like flashes, yeah, like super yeah. sensitive, it's like uh, you know, threat alert in. level, you know, uh, and, <laughs> and then adjustment could be made to the to the music. Yeah,
0: has anyone uh, ever come up to you and just been like, "I don't like this music that you're playing right now, change it."
1: I don't know if they've ever done that in the store. Um, When I put on events before uh, and we had DJs, you know, I've had that. The music's too loud or whatever, but. I mean, you know, speaking of DJs, you have asked me to DJ before at
0: Vinyl Junkie Swap Me. Uh, This was a couple years ago. Yeah, what Uh, happened? And I had never DJed before in my life. And... um, I was freaked out honestly <laughs> like it really like I was in my head about it for a while like like you had asked me like a month before the thing yeah and so I spent four weeks just obsessing over it like I was obs- obsessing over like all the records I was going to play what transitions into what you know what are people going to like you know like I, I spent so much time thinking about it and I had never you know spun records on a DJ system before and so I was super freaked out about that. And I thought I was going to just ruin the entire event for everybody. Right. And so I, I think um, I ended up talking to like four or five different people that like, I know like DJ and stuff. And they're like, do not worry about it. (laughs) I think I probably asked you, I was like, I've never done this before. What if I mess it up or what do I do? And you're like, dude, it's the easiest thing
1: ever. Yeah. I probably told you, even if you screw up, (laughs) nobody's going (laughs) to (laughs) care. And (laughs) that is like, like, (laughs) <laughs> you know they're, they're gonna enjoy the music that you're playing, but right. at the same time unless it's a a full-on dance party yeah, and then the needle just goes you know <laughs> flying across the thing and stops right. the whole thing right yeah I mean that's it that's a different story. You don't want to screw up everybody's good time <laughs> in a club but, when you're DJing at an event and you're providing the you know the soundtrack the, for the day, the and background stuff.
0: music. I mean, that's really all it is. Yeah, you know I, mean, I mean,
1: people are still listening, and you get people that come up and are, are like, "Hey, what's that you just yeah. played?" And yeah. you know, that's a cool interaction because you get I didn't to, get that.
0: Nobody came up to me
1: after. Uh, you know, I'm sure there was. Some I will never for DJ that. again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, uh, it was fun though. I had a, such a great time. And it was kind of an eye opening experience, you know, just, uh, you know, it, it takes talent to do that stuff. People don't realize when you, as with vinyl records, you know, I don't know about, you know, just press and play on a laptop or whatever, but with vinyl records, it takes a, it takes skill to like create an atmosphere that people actually want to be in when you're, you know, when you're DJing and stuff. So that's very cool. We like to do uh, a thing called first four on here where we ask, you know, the guests the same four questions and they're about things that, you know, from your past, like your first, whatever, you know, and, okay. uh, usually they're the same, but sometimes we throw in a curveball ball with the fourth one. What was the first band or artist that you really ever loved? Like you re- you were like obsessed with
1: that. I was really ever obsessed with, yeah. um, Nirvana would have been the band that really, mm. you know, kind of really changed my life. Yeah. Um, before that, it probably would have been The Police, or and before that, it would have been some Christian artist because my dad was a pastor, and that's all I could listen oh, to. Okay. And all that stuff. All right. So. See,
0: like you and I have a little bit in common. Uh, you know, my 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 mom is a very uh, spiritual Christian, uh-huh. um, and she still is, and she is wonderful, I love her, but that was (laughs) strange growing up uh, as a kid, uh, being around that, especially uh, in regards to music, um, she was actually not like... um, you know, very strict when it came to like, you have to listen to Christian music or or whatever it was. It was, I was free to listen to like whatever kind of music I wanted until I hit about the age 14. And for some reason
1: that when rap came in, that was when rap kind
0: of came into the picture, Tupac and Snoop and Dre and all those. I I lived in near LA at the time. So that was on the radio all the time. West coast. Yeah. Um, And uh, I don't know. At, at some point I really got into Nirvana and, Offspring smash had just come out rancid and um man like there was, it was just such a boom of of grunge music and rock music and you know yeah. all that kind of stuff. So for some reason a sound garden and uh, anyway um she was okay with most of it but when it came to Nirvana that she she shut that down.
1: Yeah, what what was it specifically? I think, I was it think, Kurt's reputation?
0: I I don't know. She she claimed <laughs> that um, their music gave me a bad attitude.
1: You know, I can see it. I can feel that. I can see, see it. I can see it. And
0: looking back. I'm okay with that.
1: I mean, you but still have a bad attitude. I still have a bad, because you know what?
2: That's People have told I'm
0: me getting. that I have the best attitude of anyone they've ever met. And maybe that should be like my tagline. I have the best attitude <laughs> ever. Uh, but my mom then confiscated all of my Nirvana CDs. Yeah, I had, I had all of them and um, you know, in 94, 95, and um, well, all of them up to that point. Anyway, she took them all. And I was like, okay, she'll give them back to me at some point. But she never, ever
1: did. You don't give back the devil's music. (laughs) You know? (laughs) It just doesn't happen. So
0: what was the first album that you ever bought yourself, then?
1: So it would have been some Christian record. Oh, okay. So, yeah. You know, when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, But the most influential record that, like, really changed my worldview, changed my... um, uh, just my musical taste was hearing Nirvana Nevermind. Yeah. So when I got out of the house, my friends were kind of turning me on to, you know, hair metal stuff or, you know, Guns N' Roses or even other friends that were like, well, check this Bell Biv DeVoe, you know, <laughs> right. album out, you know, oh, so I I love Bell, Biv, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got a soft spot for that stuff. Too, Very or, cool. Or uh, Bobby
0: Brown. Um, I'm starting to think maybe we were raised in the same household because yeah. your your music trajectory was like very similar to mine. Were you like, the kid living in the other? Yeah, you know, room what? I was that was was kid. I was never able to talk that was to. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't talk to that guy
2: yeah, across the hall. Yeah.
0: Um, all right. Well, uh, first concert that you ever went to.
1: I, again it would have been like a Christian music I, I think it I or maybe think, that you I, I think wanted it, I think it was to. an artist called Evie that was like a folk Christian folk okay. thing which you can imagine must have been the absolute worst <laughs> thing in the world um,
0: Evie, if you're listening, uh, you make wonderful music. Thank you so much for I'm your I'm not going
1: there. I'm, <laughs> I'm sticking with it. Um, the first concert that I went to that I actually really wanted to go to, I mean, when, one of the first ones probably was like maybe Beastie Boys, Check Your Head Tour oh, or something. Okay. Wow. I, that was like a big concert. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think, I think that show, L7, played. House of Pain was supposed to play, but they canceled. Oh, wow. And so you had L seven these like you know gnarly uh, grunge rockers yeah. playing with the Beastie Boys, <laughs> and so the crowd, the the Beastie Boys fans were not automatically L seven oh, fans. Yeah. Let's put it I that imagine. way. <laughs> yeah. and so they were just like just giving the band hell while they played. Right. Yeah. So I remember the girls like just uh spitting on them and stuff and I was just like, oh, this is awesome. This Man, is great. What a
0: strange pairing that would be. Let's see L7 and Beastie Boys at the same show. I
1: wish I could remember the other it might have even been Sonic Youth that was on that oh, one. There wow. was it was like a weird, you know, oh bill God. that way. So you Man. had, you know, this more kind of indie punk thing. And then you had kind of That's a couple of bands that could get some people that yeah. maybe weren't as open to, to other music. But. That was wild. Um
0: what do you think would be your first, like, musical guilty pleasure? Like aside aside yeah. from the Christian stuff, I know you listened to that when you were younger, but yeah, I like don't once to that you kind of got out of that, what was something that like you really liked but maybe you didn't really want your friends to know about?
1: It? Well, the, I mean that's a pretty easy one to answer even now. So like, I think Third Eye Blind's first record, oh man, is a great pop whatever alternative i think we just record. became
0: best friends is what that is because but
1: I, but you shouldn't you, you don't want to run around saying i love third eye blind they,
0: <laughs> i love their first record they were my first concert
1: yeah ever. yes really? i
0: saw them in reno nevada i lived in tahoe at the
1: that time that would explain you wearing a third eye <laughs> blind shirt today i was a little thrown you by you that
0: no, I mean, that that makes all the sense in the world because, you know, I interviewed Stephen Jenkins not that long ago.
1: Yeah? What was he like um, as a he, person? He,
0: he was a I've wonderful heard, I've man. Heard, I've heard things. <laughs> he, You know what? He was very nice to me. He was very open and talked about a lot of stuff. Um, you know, I did not press him on a lot of... Uh, issues that have happened with that band necessarily. (laughs) Um, But he was very polite to me. He was very pleasant and uh, a a good interview. Um, He was interesting. And he is a rock star. Like, you know, yeah. without a doubt. And I think he would admit that. Like, I think he is a rock star. He, he, he talks like a rock star. He, I think he. Is he still a rock star? I think he is. I mean. I, I mean, you know. In there's a, different In levels. a way. Yeah, there's different levels. But like, you know, for anyone that's ever heard Third Eye Blind or maybe that kind of music, I think he is a rock star, you know. He handles himself like a rock star. Like, you know, he has. When we were talking on the phone, like, he had someone, like, like a personal, like, kind of assistant. Or whatever, you know, like, you know, like someone helping him, like at all time, you'd come in and be like, oh, do you want some yogurt or whatever, you know, and like,
1: that's cool to hear that at this point in his life, he's still still able to, yeah, yeah, because you you wonder sometimes, sometimes you get surprised by these guys where you're like, they're still living like a, like a rock star and they still have like a good income. Then you meet other people where you're like. I thought you were a rock yeah, star. Right. <laughs> why, why, My, why, why did you arrive in your own Honda Accord? <laughs> right. you know?
0: I think like the way I think about it is that if you can confidently rock a pair of leather pants any day of the week at any time during the day, you're probably a rock star.
1: There's a lot of rock stars on Hollywood Boulevard without <laughs> jobs. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay.
0: We won't go there. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Third Eye Blind, musical guilty pleasure. Um, I can see that. I can definitely see that. I think what's happening. You can happen-
1: see that being my guilty pleasure. Yes, yeah. Just- I mean,
0: Well, both of ours, man. Yeah. I mean, cause I don't readily admit it either, but yeah. I'm getting, I think what's happening is now third eye blind is becoming more and more like accepted as like, you know, Oh, their <laughs> first album wasn't bad, you know? And you know and, what? And- when it comes to me, I think, several of their records were not bad so just putting that out there
1: I think I kind of stopped after the first one I was like I was like let's just get out while the getting's good (laughs) 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 this isn't gonna end well
0: (laughs) Um, I want to do a segment with you now it's called A or B side it's a San Diego podcast trivia game and it is coming up next three questions you have two options for the answer correct answer and every week we have like a theme to the show it's kind of you know curated around our guests we were talking about Nirvana earlier so I have three questions about Nirvana to okay. ask you All right. first question Nirvana hit number one on the charts with the release of their legendary sophomore album titled Nevermind it was not their first choice for the title though was it originally supposed to be called A, Too Many Humans, or B, Sheep?
1: What's funny is I know a lot about Nirvana, but I don't necessarily know this right off the top of my head, but it has to be Sheep. It is it Sheep. Is, it, it,
0: you yeah. are correct. Yeah. Sheep is the answer. Uh, too Many Humans, um, the other option, was actually what they were going to title Bleach, their first album. Um, that didn't end up happening. Uh, they have like a his—they had a history of like change, you know, deciding on an album name and then changing yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, so, Sheep was supposed to be the title. Never mind. Um, and it had like artwork and everything. Was, apparently, there was like rows and rows of like the same house and like cookie cutter really? houses and stuff. And I think it was supposed to be like kind of a commentary. I've read a lot of
1: Nirvana books, and I don't think I've ever heard that. Well, maybe it, I'm it, wrong. Maybe it, I just <laughs> made that up. I don't know. Is there? uh are there actual photos of i don't know this, I, I haven't seen this. the
0: photos but yeah, i've just heard cool maybe part of that. the nirvana lore
1: yeah is, uh, the artwork
0: for sheep maybe i don't know listeners if you can find a photo of this album title or this album cover let us know you win you win life you win life membership to the san Diego podcast club membership <laughs> club. there you go okay number two Your second question is Nirvana has been accused of plagiarism throughout the years uh, from the likes of Mudhoney, Killing Joke, The Damned, yada, yada, yada. Every band, you know, they've kind of been hit by, oh, that song sounds like something else or whatever. However, on Smells Like Teen Spirit, Cobain himself admitted to trying to rip off the Pixies. And during a 1992 concert, he admitted to the crowd that he may have inadvertently ripped off a more than a feeling by Boston. Or B, don't stop believing by journey.
1: Just don't stop believing.
0: You're wrong. That is the wrong it? answer, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> he said it bore resemblance to More Than a Feeling by Boston. And you know what? I'm okay with that. What? I love
1: that what smells like Teen Spirit? Yeah, that's oh, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he,
0: I mean, I don't know how serious he was being, but he, you know. In 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 Kurt fashion it was probably he was probably just, you know. Taking the piss, as the English like to say.
1: Yeah. Well, you, you're you a musician. You know how making music goes. I mean, you're influenced by everything. Yeah. I, I doubt he was sitting there you know listening to boston and being <laughs> like how boston do i hit. you know how do yeah. i turn this into a number one hit he
0: he he was uh, i think it was pretty adamant that he was trying to rip off pixies he was like I, they were my favorite band i was just trying to do something they do and
1: exactly and yeah. uh,
0: so i think that's more probably more probable you know but uh, but he did say that in a 1992 concert he was telling the crowd try to rip off more than a feeling my boston Interesting. go shirt. uh number three Kurt Cobain was obviously the lead singer of Nirvana and as far as I know, don't quote me on this because I know you're a huge Nirvana fan, uh, read lots of books on Nirvana Uh, he sang lead vocals on every song that was released in the band's studio recordings except for one was it titled A. Marigold or B. Milk It it's
1: It's the B-side to the heart-shaped box single, you are correct. So I was at the very first Foo Fighters show ever. Really, it was in it was in Portland. They were doing a. That's where I was born and raised. They were doing a uh, a benefit weekend for um, someone who had been murdered up in Seattle. So Mia Zapata, she was a singer for oh, the Gits. Yes. So they did this big benefit weekend. All the clubs had different um, bands performing. Foo Fighters played at Satyricon, which was like the Casbah of Portland. Hmm. And uh, the announcement was made like that day. And I was like, I got to see what what this new band, you know, from the ashes of Nirvana is about. Yeah. So, of course, though, the whole place was already taken up by press people and people were flying in from all over, you know, spin, rolling snow, and everybody was there. So you couldn't really get in. Yeah. But I tried to sneak in. To the show through the side door through this through a restaurant called uh, Fellini's, which is Fellini's we went together, hmm. and uh, I just tried walking right past the door guy, and he grabbed my arm, and he's like, "You got a ticket?" I'm like, "No, I don't have a ticket." And you know, kind of went back out, and I turned to my friend, I'm like, "You got twenty bucks?" He's like, "Here." So I, I put 40 bucks in my hand, went right back to the guy. I was like, hey, how's it going, buddy? And, I'm back. And yeah, shook his hand. He's like, come right in.
0: Oh, So I got to hang out at
1: the bar with Pat Smear and smoke oh. cigarettes and drink and, and uh, met Chris and uh, Nova Selleck. And then I was standing next to Dave at one point. Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl. Right? <laughs> I just call him Dave. Yeah, he's but...
0: Dave to you.
1: Uh,
0: he's Mr. <laughs> Grohl to me, by the way. So. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. I'll tell him. Say hi. hi, Yeah, say hi for me. So yeah, in between songs, I was standing right next to him, and I was like, "Hey, Dave, uh, you know, I just want to let you know that uh, that song, Marigold, you know, the B side, the whatever, it's a really great song." And he just looked at me, and we all know exactly what this looks like. But he was like, "Thanks, man," you know, with with the head (laughs) bob, like you know, thing. So anyway, that was my Mm -hmm. moment with telling Dave that I really love the song Marigold because it really was. Surprisingly, like a great track. It from was beautiful. Another it's a beautiful song.
0: Yeah, so. and uh, fun fact for me, when I uh, first picked up the acoustic guitar, it was the first song that I ever tried to learn how to play. Really? Um, yeah. For some, I, I think at that time I was listening to K Rock and you know these radio stations up in L A. And I had a little tape player, and I would record the songs that I liked. At some point, someone played Marigold on the radio. And I must have recorded it. Maybe it came after a song that I was already recording yeah. or whatever. And I don't know. I heard it, and I just fell in love with it. And uh, I tried to learn it on the guitar. And then after that, after I could not learn it or play it, because I didn't play guitar at that point, yeah. uh, I, I fiddled around with the guitar some more and uh, eventually ended up playing it for you know 20, the next 20 years or
1: whatever. Um, with, with all that said about Foo Fighters and that I was at their very first show, this is that's another, not really that's not really a big deal. We don't this like is, to think about this it. is another guilty pleasure sort of thing cuz I I can't really admit to that first record. It's a good record.
0: That's a great record.
1: After that, it's been it's Ooh, been all downhill. Oh, I mean just, fighting be, just were, between me and you, but, you but know what? I literally before I came over here, my friend was texting me. He sent me a Dave Grohl like they just finished a new record yeah. he's he doing a documentary. Yeah. And he sent me that and he and I were the biggest Nirvana fans growing up, oh. but he's he's like, oh, I just I can't take this anymore. <laughs> and I said, Yeah, Foo Fighters are like the hip Nickelback. Yes, like,
0: yeah, pretty much, yeah. And that's a shame because it is a shame because um, you know what, Dave Grohl is the coolest freaking dude. My brother had his first alcoholic drink with Dave Grohl. Really, my brother uh, recorded an album uh, up in L.A. Uh, years and years ago. Dave Grohl comes into the studio while my brother's band is there. And he comes, he comes in with his wife who my brother said was the most beautiful woman he'd ever seen in his life. Yeah. Like in real life. And he comes in and he has a bottle of Jack Daniels, like a giant bottle of Jack Daniels. And, My brother, um, speaking of coming up in Christian households, he never had a drink up until that point. Nice. And so Dave Grohl starts handing out shots or the bottle or whatever. I don't even know how.
1: The peer pressure is (laughs) is mounting. Peer
0: pressure uh, got to him a little bit. (laughs) He got annihilated with Dave Grohl. Uh, And I thought that was always like a very cool story because not very many people can say the first time they ever got drunk drunk was with Dave
1: Grohl. Super cool story. Yeah. Um, Eric,
0: I think it's time to call it a day. Thanks again for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me. This is fun.
0: Hey, help us out and subscribe if you haven't already and share with your friends. That would be awesome. Upcoming guests include About San Diego's Ken Kramer, Soda Bar's Corey Steer, acclaimed rapper Choosy, Pizza Port's Jill Olesh, and Switchfoot's Drew Shirley. Visit SanDiego.com for bonus notes on episodes and be sure to watch our big sister show, San Diego TV. It airs on Saturdays on NBC7. We always end every show with our local spotlight artists, and this week's is Glass Spells and their song Mirrors. Normally we'd promote one of their upcoming shows right here, but since we're all playing it safe and staying indoors, support them and all the local venues around town by finding them online and ordering some merch or gift cards. Whatever you can do to help would be huge. Until next week, stay safe and enjoy the music.